Well, welcome into Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Next to me is Shane Bishop. My name is Mike Wooten. We are happy to have you join us today. This is where we talk about all things in culture, leadership, and much more. Ultimately, we are here to help you navigate the changes you're going through. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, send me an email, and we'll give you a shout-out to your ministry, your business. Maybe we can even dedicate the show to someone. Email me at michaelwooten at mychristchurch.com, and I will tell you more. First of all, Shane, how is it going with you today? Seriously, you are wanting people to actually send you an email about being a sponsor. You want sponsors. I might be opening myself up to a lot of jokes. Well, you know what I'm I mean? I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, because let's just play this out, okay? <laughs> if we get a sponsor, don't do don't do this logical thing talk with me. About not having a sponsor. What will we talk about? What will you and I possibly Have to talk about if we have a sponsor, Mike. My thing, and I think I've said this one other time before, is that if people actually try to sponsor us, how hard we'll really have to try. Yeah, right. Yeah, because then all of a sudden we'll be like locked into feeling like we need to produce quality episodes. (laughs) Right, we haven't had to do that one time so far. I'm feeling pressure right now. No, yeah, if someone wants to send me an email, we can at least talk about it. But first, Shane, before we get into our content today, there's something that I have recently seen. I mean, very recent, like within the last 48 hours. Something 48 like, hours from now or when people will be hearing this? Uh, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> don't talk, don't very, very try good. to get me distracted very here. Very good, because I noticed you had the same outfit you had on last show. Yeah, that Go is ahead. the last two, actually. Uh, it was like something from Ripley's Believe It or Not. You remember that, right, Shane? Yeah, Ripley's they still Believe have one not. down in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. They do. I've been there uh, a few years ago. I've never gone, never will. It's just absolute. You know, I mean, it's just not the kind of thing that interests me. But you, Mike, I mean, you apparently were interested, like. Yeah, free uh, summer pass. Not a free summer pass. I bought a pass for the entire summer. Good for you. How many times did you go, Mike? I just went once. Sounds like a great investment. It was it was very, very wise. But I did see you on a dock recently. A dock. I was not on a dock. I was on a boat. Don't don't change it. Just let me you're on a that you weren't on a boat, were you? I was on a boat. In the middle of a lake. But you're in the middle of a lake. And this is true. I family and friends surrounding you, I assume. Family and friends. How many friends do you have, Shane? Uh, you know... Were they all surrounding you? No, no. Because <laughs> if I took all my friends and put them all in one room, it'd be difficult to get me surrounded. There's no doubt. I, yeah. I know that. Uh, but I saw you do a backflip off the boat into the water. That's correct. I did a backflip. And usually, I have a little bit of elevation, like if you're on a springboard well, or something's a little high. But I mean, I was almost at water level. I'm 58 years old, so to get a backflip yeah. down was something I yeah. wasn't sure was going to happen, and and as it turned out, it didn't. I did a three no, quarters back that backflip. It was a three quarters. Uh, yeah, you know we give each other a hard time on the show. I'm not being modest. You, if someone said Shane Bishop at you know just 58 in general, I right. mean just in general, right, right. did a backflip, I would have thought like if I would have saw the video after that, you would have fell backwards and maybe like your your legs. No, came. it was legit. But you did legit. <laughs> backflip yeah. and I think people are like amazed well you, I hope you, so you remind me of Michael Jordan when he was like 50 or 51 they were taunting him if he could dunk anymore uh-huh. and he went and he dunked right like he still got something left in him but you that was pretty impressive I, here but we got questions okay this this is coming from all of our audience all of our audience. well there's like nine of them right yeah well no one's really asking but I think they're wondering I right like now. it I like it. it's a good it's a good segue in yeah okay Lead way. Lead. so so how did how many times did it take for you to do a backflip one that was one. Did you do another one or no? No, no. Did, I, I'm just one backflip. Were other family members doing them, and you thought? No, you no. Just... I, it's kind of a signature thing with me, and yeah. and I've done them for oh okay twenty years. But every time I go to a pool, my entry into the pool is always a backflip. 
Yes, that is awesome. And when the when the uh, camera was rolling, were you? Did you have any nerves, or you were? Pretty I didn't confident? know the camera was rolling. That helps. So okay. yeah, I did not have a lot of nerves, but uh, but I was concerned because I wasn't very high up. I just wasn't sure that I could get rotation. Well, you did. You did a great well, job. Well, thank you. And Were I, you impressed at all? I, I really was impressed. Oh, you know, great. but what am I going to do? Like share it or something? That's going to look pretty lame. It would look pretty <laughs> lame. It would look very lame. Like, That's hey, look right. at this guy. My friend Shane is so cool. He's older than dirt and can do a backflip <laughs> right. almost. But I was really yeah, impressed. So this is me giving you a shout out. Though. I appreciate it, yeah, man. So, so here you go. As opposed to like a salary. Yeah, yeah I prefer. Hey, uh, I will tell you. What if that wouldn't have went well? Do you mm-hmm. think you would have had the video erased? Or you're pretty, you know, you you like to laugh at yourself and everything. I do, I do. I, I have, but you are a f- athlete, or at least a. Former. I was an athlete. Yeah, yeah. So you would have been okay if, like, whomever took that said, "Hey, we're still throwing oh, that sure. online." Okay, sure. Good, very good. I have. Uh, I I take God pretty seriously. I don't take myself very seriously yeah. at, at all, and so I think sometimes just. Just people seeing you have fun. A lot of times people yeah. think, well, he's a, he's a pastor or a pastor of a large church or something. You know, and just to look at me, they're going to say, gosh, I bet that guy's a drag. <laughs> and so, uh, so sometimes just letting people see you have fun maybe gives them a little yeah. bit of permission. It's just okay to have yeah. some fun. Fun, take a risk and all that too. But I guarantee you no one's saying, hey, uh, I bet that guy can do backflips. No, I, I don't think that would be a common thought, but I can. Yeah, I, that's you, where I, I give them more than they want. That, you know, that's kind of what I do. I give the audience more than it expects, Mike. Yes, you, you are great at doing <laughs> that. Well, let's move into our content for today. Shane, we've been living in really inharmonious times of late. It can be really, really hard to navigate through relationships and life when polarization and disruption seem to be the norm. You know, a sense of healthy consistency is evading us all. Yet, from a Christian perspective, it doesn't matter if things are smooth or not in the world around us. We have to have a good witness in the world. Shane, how do you see this and and what do you think we need to do? Well, you know, the past two or three years have just been a succession of events that cause heat. When, when I look at, at the things that, that we go through, not, not including this whole COVID nightmare, but it's just thing after thing after thing after thing. And, and what happens initially, everything seems like a good thing, a, a good thought. And, and then all of a sudden, things get politicized and things get divisive. And then things actually get sort of frenzied because I think the media knows there's good money in frenzy. And then everybody feels the need to give their opinion. Everybody's on social media. And now you got this society that, like the politicians, there's no civility at all. No, not at all. And so what happens is that, that we kind of get sucked into that vortex and a lot of opinions just contain a whole lot more heat than light, and it really begins to affect relationships, not opinions about events, but relationships in families and friends. And those are the kind of things that uh, I think about. So we're going to talk about seven lights to live by instead of the heat that's going on in our society. But a question just came to mind through all of this, Shane, is that do you think civility is, this is just off the cuff, do you think civility is seen as weakness right now in our society? That is a very fair question. No, I, I think people still see civility as a sign of strength. 
But I think the whole game is stacked now where the, uh, the, the biggest bruiser gets the lion's share. Okay. And so I think civility is something a lot of us value and we would like to see more of. But the way the world works right now, uh, it seems like the, the people with the strongest opinions and the least civil are the ones that rise to the top. Yeah, I think uh, that's why, and I agree with you, I think it's needed. I think civility is needed. Of course, from a Christian perspective, it's really something that we are, are called to do by Christ. And I think it is going to be what you've called really lights in the midst of uh, heat. So first of all, we're going to have seven of these. We're going to do it over two episodes. Our first one, when we start to think of light instead of being heat, is to ask ourselves, basically, are we right or not? What do you think, Shane? One of the things is that, you know, when these heated events happen, uh, I tend to get pretty quiet, and I get criticized for that sometimes. Uh, someone asked me about an event a while back. They said, aren't you going to do something? And I said, if you define do something as post strong opinions on Facebook, I will never do anything. Uh, so we, we live in, in this... Uh, culture where everybody gets caught up in the heat of the moment. Everybody makes these really, really strong statements. Uh, and, and there's just a lot of heat flying around. Then you start politicizing them, throwing fuel on them. And before long, I think people don't even think about the long-term ramifications upon relationship and all of those things. So for me, when, when I think about are we right or not, one of the things that I have to remember is I only see things from my perspective. I, mm. I don't see the truth. I see what I see. It's my truth. Right. But it may not be from your perspective at all. Right. So one of the things I realize is that my feelings, uh, the way I think about things, may not be right, at least not on absolutely everything. And so I think this idea that there is at least a fraction of a percentage point of possibility that I'm yeah. not completely right on everything, yeah. uh, at least hardwile some humility. So an opinion comes out there, and we're ta just talking in general. It may affect us in one way. We may think we understand, we agree or disagree with it. But what we're saying right now is that we should at least step back and say, is my perspective correct? Am I thinking this through? Uh, or is just am I just reacting in some ways, right? Is there something I can learn from another person's perspective? Sure. If they see something completely different than me, and there's a whole lot of people that see things that way, maybe it's an opportunity for me to grow. And maybe if just, I hate to say it, Mike, sometimes I think just shouting our opinion is a defense mechanism. Because, you know, I read a piece from you about having a second conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I want to throw my opinions out real strongly, what I'm really saying to everybody is this is what I think. I don't want to hear what you think. I'm just going to say my thing, and we're done with this. Right. That, that's kind of the exact opposite of saying, hey, I, I may not be right. The, my perspective may not be 100% right on this. Could you help me understand yeah. where you're coming from? I think it can be really helpful. And, and I think kind of on that note, sometimes we may be close to right, Shane. You know, our, or, you know, our perspective may be close, but to say that every time we see it clearly, me and you, from 10 years ago, do you see things differently than you do Absolutely. now? Me, me too. So to say that, you know, every time I, how I see it, Mike Wooten sees it, is 100% right, that doesn't even make sense. Right. Because I'll probably see it differently in 10 years. So my goodness, someone who's older than me, uh, someone who comes from different background than me, well, sure. 
Absolutely. Uh, I need to concede and say, well, maybe there's something I'm missing all in all this. All right, Shane, one of the things I was thinking about with this is uh, when I was in Wilmore, Kentucky, I was a uh, carpenter for a couple summers. Did a carpenter you? bee or, or a carpenter? Uh, I don't think I was a bee. I, they did make me wear a yellow and black uh, stripes. Maybe I was a bee. There you go. No, I worked for a, a carpenter, a small business okay. owner, and really I didn't do. I mean, I make cut some boards. I was green, as he would always say. So you mainly hauled stuff. And I hauled, up. and I mean, I did some other things. I did it for a couple summers, but I remember the owner of that business who'd been like, uh, you know, uh, framing houses, if you will, for almost thirty years. He said that he found early in his career when he was building houses, it was easy to make a mistake, and sometimes it would cost him a whole lot. So he started to put in his practice that whenever he would kind of make a measurement and make plans, especially for big things, before he would execute it, he would tell himself he was wrong. So he would do these measurements, he would get his plan together, and he'd stop before he'd actually do it, and he'd say, you know what? I might, I'm wrong, and he would readdress or reevaluate his decision-making process. And he found it saved him, you know, lots of money, and, and, and he saved himself from making a lot of mistakes. And I sometimes wonder if that's just like a mindset. Before we talk, before we get into a heated conversation, maybe we need to sit back and we need to just say, hey, uh, before I type this out, before I say this thing, uh, let me just assume that I'm wrong for half a second. Yeah, I love the old adage that comes from that trade. It's, it's measure twice, cut once. And so what if we did that with, with our thoughts before we posted, before we made a strong statement? What if we measure twice yeah. before we post this? We, we've got it there. We've got it in front of us. But now we say to ourselves, okay, uh, what's going to be the ramifications of this? Right. Uh, does this do damage or does it do good? I, I think there's a second set of questions, a second measurement. Yes. That's, that's great. And my thought would be, and I, and I love your uh, analogy, my thought would be, if you have any doubt at all, just don't post it. You know, I mean, That's if it's good. 99% to 1% says, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. I've never regretted not posting something. I've regretted lots of things I've posted. That's very good. That's like very the world, you know, the world will be a worse place if I don't give my opinion on everything. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, some of it's just vanity and, and really not about helping. It's about what other people will say. Yeah, that's about right. Us. And about just me feeling like I've got to say my piece on everything. Well, Shane, uh, next, to bring light instead of heat in our society, you know, it's important that we listen. What do you think about listening in times like these, Shane? I think it's really important that if you're going to speak, that you have something to say. And how do you get something to say? I think you get something mm. to say by listening. You get something to say by reading. You get something to say by being informed. I would just love it if people spent less time talking and more time just getting smarter, being better informed. I have never regretted being overly prepared for anything. I have regretted being underly prepared for all kinds of things. So I think before we say something, we maybe should fact check ourselves. How many people, Mike, uh, get some kind of article that's clickbait out there, you know, some kind of clickbait thing that's, that's out there, and then they just instantly, don't even read it, they just see the title, and they just share it, and they just perpetuate that, and as a result, they find out, hey, this is a pure hoax, oh, and, and all of a sudden, not only do you feel like an idiot, but that's actually what the Bible would call gossip and mm. slander, it's just straight up sin, and, and I think a lot of times we don't do due diligence, yeah. 
before we yeah. uh, send stuff out Th there. That's wonderful. Yeah, and I wish that kind of thing was only happening once or twice, Shane. But that's happening every day. People sharing stuff that's not true. Newspapers or these blogs who don't have any type of training, they're trying to be the first on a story. They don't that's have right. any facts. And they know how to sensationalize a headline or whatever. And that brings people in and, and then sharing that. It's happening. And how many times do people share stuff before they even read it? Oh, I'm <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here's yeah. a great way to think about it. If you share something, your name's on it. Mm. If you share something, you have endorsed hmm. that thought or that product. Uh, and, and I think if we looked at it like that, we might be a little more selective in what we share. I mean, what if you just signed contracts and didn't read any of them? You just sign them all. And I think that's what happens a lot of times with social media yeah. when people just perpetually flip stuff out there, you become part of a problem. And I think damage is happening. Sometimes people don't see the damage, right. but with a society that keeps doing this, damage is happening to our society. And I do think what, part of the call you're saying is that we have to be responsible for what we're reposting, for you know the opinion is that we have to think of that, you know, whatever you want to call it, Facebook and all those are personal platforms. We just can't throw stuff out there like that. You know, Shane, you said to me a few years about the idea about listening and, uh, you know, even reading. A few years ago, I was finishing up the ordination process, and I think we were walking into the church, and you kind of looked at me, and you said something about how uh, I would finally be able to pick the books that I yeah. wanted to read. And I really had never thought about that before, you know, college, seminary, ordination, and when it's all said and done, this was like a 10 or 12-year process almost. And that was the first time I realized that I had a responsibility and the privilege to pick books that not only I liked, but also brought in different perspectives. And I do think that's a part of this re responsibility and listening conversation. It doesn't mean we have to read uh, stuff that's just garbage, if you will, but I do think different perspectives can come through reading. Well, think about this, Mike. You, you talked about how you've maybe changed some over the last 10 years. I would argue that the change you undergo in the next 10 years will be greatly influenced by the voices you allow to whisper in your ear and the things you read. So you choose what is whispering in your ear. You're choosing what you are reading. You're choosing the media you consume. And all of those things influence us. When it comes to a church, I always tell people, listen to the sermons. Uh, find out what you can about the the approach of the pastor. I mean, my approach is to connect people to Jesus. I'm going to preach the Bible, and I'm going to let the Bible make its own point. So if you want somebody that's preaching on issues, I'm not going to be your guy. Absolutely. You want somebody that's preaching the Bible, I am going to be your guy. And so what people have to choose is who gets to speak into your ear. Right. And my thought is you want to be discriminant about mm. that. You shouldn't let any old fool speak into your ear because yeah. it will influence you. Some, I think that's... You know, if we take a step back, we should have learned that when we were kids, right? You get a bad friend around you. That's exactly right. And then, but it seems like, uh, I'm not saying I'm above, I'm not saying it hasn't ever happened with me as an adult, but it does seem like we get into a trap that we should have learned at, you know, almost at elementary school at times, that, you know, whoever speaks into us, the people around us, set us in a direction. Well, and here's the other thing that gets me, Mike. People, uh, I'll read this almost every day. Somebody says, I'm getting off Facebook, I can't handle the negativity. I'm sitting there thinking, do you not realize no one is on your Facebook feed you didn't accept yep. as a friend? All you have to do is unsubscribe, <laughs> unfollow, or unfriend. They go away. It's just yep. the opposite of real life. Why are you complaining about negativity when you invited those people in? And again, that's choosing 
who gets to speak to you. So for me on Facebook, if somebody's using terrible language, if somebody is, uh, is always upsetting me or, or saying things that, that, that just disturb me, I don't have to listen to it. That's right. And just because some fool thinks they need to say it, they can say what they want, right? This is America, right. but guess what? I don't have to listen to them. I don't have to have them on my feed. Those are easy things to make go away. And sometimes we have to take responsibility yes. for what we allow to have access to us. Amen. And that means listening as much as we speak, reading twice as much. Now, Shane, uh, for us to bring light instead of heat, one of the big things is just the way we treat people. It is really, really important. That comes from a Christian's perspective. But treating people well is important, isn't it? I think it's uh, utterly Christian. Mm. And in fact, I think when I treat someone well, not just who disagrees with me, but who I know has slandered me, when I treat someone well, who I know isn't treating me well, those are the times when I can say, wow, God, you have done some great things in my life because in my own flesh, this isn't going to be happening. But I know that God is doing good things in me. You know, Bible says to, to love your enemies. You know, pray for those who persecute you. When I'm able to do those things, uh, when I don't feel con- the condition to respond to every ludicrous thing that's out there, when I don't feel that I have to defend myself against everything and chase every rabbit into the hole, I, I think a lot of times we develop a mature Christianity a lot of times we think it's in what we do. Sometimes it's in what we don't do. Sometimes it's in just saying, hey, uh, from a Christian perspective, I disagree with you. You are not treating me Christian. But just because you're not acting Christian doesn't give me the right to not act Christian. So I am going to show Christ's love to you. I am going to be Christian with you regardless of how you treat me. And the other thing is that you got to remember, even if somebody's out there spouting ideas that you find completely offensive, uh, it's not just an idea, but there is a person attached to that. If that person's in your life in some way, like related to you, uh, that gets to be something we've got to balance out with things. So when you respond, particularly when you respond in chippy or negative or preachy or angry ways, just remember... You're responding not to ideas. You're responding to people. And it sure seems like if we are really saying we're trying to be a follower of Christ, you know, as Christ has loved us, we should love one another. I don't want to get into the thing, do we have the choice or not? But gosh, it seems like Jesus says we don't really have, doesn't mean we can do everything uh, in terms of like loving them to without Christ, but we really have to love others. We really have to do that. And I think from a practical standpoint, uh, I don't just don't think we lose uh, by treating another person well. In the long run, I mean, treating someone well, I just don't think we could ultimately ever lose by that. Well, I think, and I was told this many years ago, that to embrace serious Christianity means that you never get to say to another human being, go to hell. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get to say that because we have to hope the best for their souls. We have to show love Uh, Even if we find somebody unlovely, we have to see everyone as someone Jesus died for and that God loves. And I think that kind of humanization uh, is pretty winsome in a world that wants to 
dehumanize mm. us That's and right. define us by our positions on issues. That's wonderful. Dehumanizing. That's really what's happening right now, isn't well, I think it? So. Now that I, yeah, dehumanizing, just seeing an opinion, just seeing the heat. It's not about uh, seeing the image of Christ in another person. It's not about being civil at all right now. It's all, about, yeah, you're right. Dehumanization is happening. Well, for our final one for today's episode, it's a tough one, Shane, uh, especially, we've kind of touched on it, but especially in terms of nasty debates, and that is to control our impulses to bring light to the world. What do you think about that, Shane? Well, think about your end game. <coughs> Excuse me. Think about your end game. So you've got a strong opinion on something, and basically your whole thought is, Everybody who disagrees with me on anything is, is completely evil and, and, and completely wrong, and, and they're a terrible hater, or they're, a, uh, you know, they're some kind of heretic or, or something. You know, the list just goes on and on and on. But what, what, what is your end game? What do you want to have happen in the lives of people? If, if you're wanting people to consider another perspective, do you think a hateful angry response is going to do that or is it just going to make them throw their fists up even more i read a lot of posts and i'm thinking wow what they really are looking for is a fist fight and it seems to me our whole culture is a fist fight and so i think it's good to control your impulses i think it's good sometimes sometimes you just got to let uh, something just float down stupid river man Something's out there. You don't have to wave at it, yeah. comment on it, post about it. You don't ha even have to curse it, man. Right. You just let it float on down the river. And for me, controlling impulses is really important. You don't have to comment on everything. And when you do comment, just think about the ramifications of that. Right. And you may well choose to comment anyway. We're going to have to stand for some things. I get that. But can we yes. stand in a fair and winsome way? And can we have the self-confidence in our own positions to feel like I can stand here without uh, deriding everybody who doesn't stand where I stand? I would say for someone who does control their impulses and does decide to speak out on something in a civil, thought-out way, they're going to have a weighty opinion. Absolutely. Because they have taken that time to say, you know what, I'm not commenting on everything. I'm trying to do this in the right way. And that when that moment comes, I think they'll have a lot of ears open to what they have to say. Well, I think it's the difference between uh, lightning flying around in the sky and harnessing electricity to be used in productive ways. Very good. What I see a lot in our culture today is heat lightning. And it just booms and it lights up the sky, but there's no end game to it. I think that if we can harness that energy, if we can stand our ground and argue our cases, and by argue, I mean in the best sense of that, defend ourselves, offer an apologetic, uh, we can invite people in to maybe a climate where it does help change things for the better. Maybe it helps people expand their own horizons consider new perspectives. I'm just saying anything you want to accomplish, responding in hateful, angry uh, ways, I don't think is going to get the job done with people who, that you actually want to be in relationship and, with. And, and there's no way that's Christian. It doesn't seem to me <laughs> I to mean, be Christian. I mean, to, to do it uh, in, in that way. Well, Shane, we're going to land the plane on this episode. Uh, any final words as we conclude here? 
Yeah, there are some things that should make us angry. There are some things that are unjust. There are some times that God puts on our hearts, even as Christian people. You make a stand here. This mm. is important. You make a stand here. But how we make that stand, I think, is very, very important. And I think those things should be well thought out. And if we think them out beforehand, we won't just get swept up in the movement of the day. And so for me, I'm going to say I am going to set out the heat and pray that God uses me to cast light on situations once everybody is in a better place. My last analogy here, Don, I mean, uh, Mike, is that sometimes people will have a, a tragic death. And I sat with the family, and they are all distraught. And they, they're over their heads, and they're just angry. They're angry at God, and they're spouting all kinds of stuff. And their theology is, is just terrible. But it's not time for a theology lesson. It's just time to let them be angry. It's time to let them be honest and, and respond to what's in them. If I maintain relationship there, I will have times in the future that is not have them feeling like they do at this moment to talk about theology and to talk about sin and to help them contextualize that. But right then isn't the right time. If you're mad at me, Mike, I don't think it's going to be the right time for us to have a conversation. I think I need to let you blow your steam off. I think I need to let you calm down a bit, and then we can have that conversation. So for me, I'm going to be quiet in the heat and trust God to help shine some light. I love all that. There's no doubt that will help people navigate through the changes they are going through. Well, we are thankful that you have joined us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Next time, we'll finish our conversation on how you can bring light instead of heat in a polarized and disruptive world. Be sure to subscribe and share, to this, share this podcast. Thank you for joining us, and make sure that you keep the change. Yeah.